when did you when who when did you know who Selena was? Uh, when I seen the special on uh television, it was like when a was kid. That? I ain't, I ain't know who she was, so maybe like a couple of years ago, never even heard of her. You hadn't seen the 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 movie? Nope. Damn, that's crazy. That's when niggas fell in Didn't love with J Law ass. Then not wasn't familiar with that. Yeah, I didn't, you know. That's what niggas used to that's why niggas used to say what they used to say about J Law. I remember being so confused, but Yeah, I'm not help. Well, they're gonna tell you to get help. <laughs> Cause a lot of people a lot of people deem that uh you know, Jennifer Lopez's uh greatest acting role portraying Selena. I'm, I mean, uh, you know, one of those things where I just don't do not feel the need to go back and watch that. Um, <laughs> like I have no interest in doing that. So I got you. So during this quarantine, right? Like, have you quarantine, quarantine, quarantine? Ha- has anything like reignited a fire in you to do something that you've not? either done in a while or that you used to do and you just kind of fell out from doing it didn't really realize it like have you refound any good like hobbies or things to take up your spare time since we've just been locked in the house right i mean i can't say that i've refound hobbies i mean i'm always kind of looking for something you know that i've done in the past so you know like i've broken down my old game cube you know much before this time because sometimes i just like playing old games um, one thing that I have started to do is uh, I've, I'm beginning to um, learn how to play the piano. Oh, wow. Um, I'm, in, I'm in very, obviously, very beginner stages. Uh, but um, if y'all remember, you know, I recently bought a keyboard for my wife. And now that there's, you know, that in the house and it's set up, then, you know, I'm just learning how to really just learning how to move my fingers around the keyboard. It's just very difficult to do and it takes i think a lot of practice and repetition yeah. uh, but i'm just in, like i said the beginning stages of that and because uh, your I'm fingers don't naturally move like that nah man i mean that shit hurt like yeah. it'd be hurting yep it hurts just like with like if you play drums like percussion like in order to get your chops like that shit hurts <laughs> like but I'm I'm just trying to get used to it. I mean, I know that I've at one point I owned the guitar, and I remember learn, trying to learn how to play that, and just you know my fingers would just be too done. Do after you know how to play guitar? Practicing. Like hell no, no. You just I mean, it. but look, if you give me a guitar, I can you know I can play something. I mean, it ain't gonna sound great, but you know I can make up something on the fly and it sound okay. I mean, this, but I can't do the same with a piano. But I can definitely do it with a guitar. I used to could do it with the piano. I just, I got really big hands and this shit hurt. <laughs> like, cause I was probably, I was probably at like the intermediate level. Cause I took piano lessons for like three and a half, almost four years. Um, so I could read, I could read music and I was a percussionist. So I could play like xylophones and shit like that. So it kept me pretty, but I would pick playing like, a vibraphone or a xylophone or something like that 
over playing the piano any damn day. Because <laughs> the piano like this shit, one, you got to be a wizard on them keys to really make them talk. Right. To make them talk the way, like, it's one thing to, like, just hit the key, but how you hit the key, how you roll, you know, the combinations together, it's like, dog, yeah, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I mean, it looks it looks extremely complex. It 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 is. It, it but it's more so it's more muscle memory than it is the complexity of whatever it is that you're doing. Because the thing that I used to love the most about a piano was I could make something sound what I wanted it to sound like. And I think that's kind of what a lot of a lot of people say that like they don't learn piano by reading music. They learn they learn to play by ear and then find figure out how to read the music because I can play you a song like three or four different ways and it may have some like slight differences and variations but for the most part you know it's that song. But then I can play it with you like reading the music and you're going to be like, that shit look hard as hell. Why you just didn't do it like you did it the first time? And I'd be like, see? <laughs> see? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So, playing the piano. That's that's cool, man. I I picked up uh, baking again. Nigga, why are you laughing at me, dog? <laughs> That's funny, dog. It's just your your excitement about that. Like everything about that statement is just funny as hell. Dog, I'm telling you. So Okay, cool. Okay, the piano. All right. Well, I picked up baking. <laughs> I'm uh, I got my apron on, man. Got my chef hat. My nigga said the chef hat. Nah, I'm I'm just, you know, back in there. Like, cause I, I cook all the time. Like, that's mm. you know when you get to a certain age. And like they ask you like at a new when you start a new job or you do something different and people don't really know you like they ask you your hobbies and you be like I don't know nigga like I don't, watching basketball I don't, I don't know ESPN I don't know no that's that's y'all uncultured niggas who never have a hobby to say <laughs> I'm sick of you niggas but but want to get on me for playing golf but continue like for me it's always been I I've always cooked like even when I was a kid I cooked because my dad did a lot of cooking as, as did my mom so they taught me um so I've always loved to cook and one thing that I never could really do well was like bake so it was probably a time probably when I was like a sophomore in college. Well, I was just like, shit, I'm going to just start making shit, dog. And I just started making shit. Like, I would make brownies, blondies, like, different types of cakes and uh, cookies for the most part. Not so much cakes. I'm going to take that back. I made, like, maybe two or three cakes, but they were not nothing to write home about. But, like, I could really make some, like, good brownies, cookies, and, like, blondies, right? And so I remember it, it got to one point where, like, Pe- the people in my life was like, yo, if this nigga make another thing of blondies, I'm gonna fucking scream. <laughs> like, nigga, we tired of blondies, bro. But my blondie recipe was five dog. And I I had gotten so good at it that I just I always remembered it. So I never wrote it down. And uh, probably like two, three weeks ago, I just thought to myself, like, you know, I wonder if I can make that blondie recipe. And Alex, it did not, it it did not come out 
um, like I remember. Um, but well, you know, it's been a while, man. So. <laughs> but I was able to redeem myself. Uh, I I know it's not my recipe because I it just didn't feel like my old recipe. But I was able to you know recreate a version of my recipe that was really really good. So that was cool. And then I I I feel like I've only ever seen these with like at like dispensaries and shit, but like the Fruity Pebbles, like Rice Krispie Treats. Mm-hmm. Like I never, yeah. I, I never, I've never seen them sold when they weren't infused with cannabis. Right. Right. So I was like, all right, you know, let me just try to see, like, let me just try to make it. And so I made some, uh, and they was five, bro. They was five. I'm talking about, I surprised myself because I one I hadn't made anything like Rice Krispie treats in like fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Like probably the last time I made some shit like some real Rice Krispie treats, like that type of recipe was like with my mom <laughs> as a kid. Yeah, so. Me too. Like I had to be in high school. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe like ninth grade. Yeah, so like, mom, like... can we make some? Can we make some Rice Krispies like we used to when I was like very like much younger? Yeah, yeah. When you when you get that nostalgia shit, like when you know you enter <laughs> right. in that level where you finna get kicked out the nest, and you're like, damn, okay. man, I, you know. So I made uh some uh with the fruity pebbles shit, and that shit was fire, bro. <laughs> like, and I'm not just saying it because I made it. Like that shit was fire because i used to love the milk and cereal bars did you, i don't know were you familiar with those i'm familiar but i don't know I, I love milk too much to eat it in a bar i do too i used to eat them hoes <laughs> with a cup of milk i'm not gonna hold you <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like yo i can't do this milk on a bar thing i'm like i see the concept but i'm like dog i just just give me a bowl man yeah, just give me a bowl just... it, it's not too much of an inconvenience like i'll take the bowl you know when you got the plastic cup yeah when y'all kept some solo cups, you put the cereal, milk, a spoon. Now you got cereal on the go. Yeah. I mean, that was my cereal bar. I mean, I'm I, I fully understand and support that. Uh, but I also used to just fuck with the bars and drink <laughs> a cup of milk. I mean, I, you know, I feel you. But uh, it it tasted like one of those. Like it wasn't one of those like overly you know marshmallowy ass joints. It was like falling apart. But I didn't like use too much cereal to where it's just like one big ass crispity crisp with like a little marshmallow. So I feel like it was pretty good, man. We we didn't fuck them up. And I made them with like, I don't even know how this exists, but it was like low sugar marshmallows. Sugar? Yeah. <laughs> low sugar sugar? <laughs> yeah, no. it was like <laughs> low sugar marshmallows. I mean, what the hell is a marshmallow anyway? You know, what is that? I'm almost afraid <laughs> to like ask or even really just think about. Yo, what, it what is. is a marshmallow though? What is that? <laughs> what am I eating when I'm eating a marshmallow? I don't know. I gotta look that up. That's crazy. I never even thought about that. What is a marshmallow? I mean, let's 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 take a second and let's look it up. Hey Siri, what is a marshmallow? Hmm. No, that's it. Thank you. Don't mention it. <laughs> you know what, Sarah? You're doing the damn thing right now. 
water, sugar, and gelatin. Wow. So maybe they used less sugar and more, I guess, water and gelatin. I, I don't know. But it made it feel less guilty eating it. And it was pretty good, man. I fuck with it. So yeah. Well, you know, I'm glad you I'm glad you picked up bacon, man. What what else did you pick up? Like ironing or vacuuming, cleaning the kitchen, scrubbing the tub. I have some other things you picked up. I have picked up cleaning out cleaning the kitchen more. Laundry. Uh yeah, I do I have picked up laundry, actually. And I cleaned the tub out yesterday. Oh. (laughs) What else did you pick up? Grocery shopping. Hey, I'm a grocery shopping food. <laughs> like, are you not like, do you not go to the grocery store to just like clear your mind sometimes and just like pick up shit that you need? Like, that's therapeutic <laughs> for me. I mean, I I do love being at the grocery store, but the act of like getting up and going always be rough. But, you know, when I'm there, I'm glad I'm there because I'm really getting shit done by putting things in my home. Dog, I will real loud go to the grocery store like three times a week if need be. Just, I mean, I, I don't know about that. Maybe twice. I mean, you know, I love going to Costco. I just go to Costco just to go. I have never been to a Costco before in my life. Wow. I mean, it ain't not crazy. I mean, have you been to a Sam's? I have. Yeah, I mean, it's just like Sam's. It's like the Target version of Sam's. Oh wow, that's what. So I it's think. like upper echelon. Oh, that's, it's not, I mean, it's like Target just seemed more upper echelon than Walmart, but that shit the same. And it's kind of the same at Costco. It just kind of seemed like it's better. But I mean, you know, they do got some good prices on certain stuff. And, you know, you can still get a hot dog and a drink for $1.50. I mean, you can't beat it. Hot dog and a drink for $1.50? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's lit. And it's a big hot dog, too. Pause. Yeah, you was going to have to pause that, dog. Nah, fast forward, man. I'm I'm securing my sexuality. <laughs> but I got, it is it is a large hot dog with a twenty ounce drink. So twenty ounce drink. Deal. I feel you, dog. Free refills. Not free refills. <laughs> free refills. I took that. Yeah, long, Costco, I took man. that long pause so that you could uh cut out my kid yelling in the background. <laughs> I was gonna comment, but then I thought you would comment, and then, so I was just like, "I'm gonna just leave that to him. I ain't gonna talk about your child." Yeah, she, she, I don't know. She just ate. I don't, I don't understand. But you know, that's how kids be, dog. She even started crawling. I don't like. It's a madhouse around here. <laughs> well, she's crying. You know that means this frightens me. Or it could just mean like, hey. Sit me back in my chair so I can finish watching uh, Living Single. <laughs> Could be. But uh, the reason why I brought up the hobby shit, because it, it, I know for you, like, you have golf, right? Yes, but I do. for a lot of people, they don't, once you get out of that, like, oh, I be hooping, a ball is life shit, or, you know. Right. I smoke. That's what I do in my spare time. Like once you get kind of out of those hobbies, like a lot of us don't have hobbies no more. No, no. <laughs> Most people don't, bro. They don't. So it's TV like, is a hobby. So it's like to look and see where life, like how life takes you from this place where you remember when you used to have like three, four hobbies, right? 
or at least you would write down like three, four hobbies. I'm talking like high school shit, like high school going to college. Like when you used to have to fill out applications for like leadership shit or whatever, it's like, okay, list three hobbies. Nigga, you was like, pow, pow, pow. <laughs> and now you sitting here at your, you know, big ass grown age and you like, nigga, I don't, nigga, do I have a hobby? I don't even know what I like no more, nigga. Like, <laughs> who am I? For real. And it's a wild, it's a wild, you know, realization to come to. And I say that because we were having a conversation the other day in the group chat just about relationships, like period. Like it don't have to be, you know, sexual relationship. It don't have to be love interest relationship. It can just be any type of relationship. And you look and see like the rise and fall and why certain things are what they are. Right. Like our group chat, for example, probably what a year and a half ago niggas was like that did one it didn't exist two half the niggas in the group chat didn't even know that the other niggas existed <laughs> like true let alone like that we would be where we are right now like basically for the most part the only people outside of family that you like talk to every day yeah that's true. For the most part. So then you like begin yeah. to, you build these bonds and these relationships based off of like either similar interests or similar personality types with different points of view. And you just kind of like to see or have different points of view. Right. Which is completely different from the, from like the relationships that I think you have early on. By early on, you just mean early on in life? Yeah, like early on in life. Like when you think about, like think about your like childhood friends, right? Like the, like yo, the earliest like day one nigga you can think of that you considered that and then kind of look and see where that relationship is right now. I mean, you know, for me, you know, just life, life kind of take you apart from things i mean as far as like you know the directions that you just go as people like y'all be cool but then y'all go to a different school and shit change Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying um and then i mean once you start getting older i guess you can like you know like for me i had a lot of relationships with kids that was in my neighborhood you know what i'm saying like we might have went to different schools or the same school but you know we lived in a neighborhood and that's how we mainly knew each other Mm -hmm. because we lived in the same neighborhood um, and those are the people who I was probably friends with the longest when I was like a young child, like nigga said, lived in my neighborhood as opposed to maybe somebody who I'd be cool with for like a year or two. Cause we in the same class or son. Uh, but I moved. So, you know, I feel like, um, for people who ain't never moved or nothing like, like when you young. I don't know. It's like you never expect that you're going to be one of those people because you be growing up and you see people move to you. You see people move away. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, you're the one that's moving. Yep. And it's like, damn. And then you go to a new place. I think that kind of changed things for you. But you got to find friends. So, you know, you establish friends. But I don't know. I'm, I'm always going to be a little bit more closer to family. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of one of those people. Because, you, you know, they when always I moved. There. I was with my. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like. 
they the ones, I mean, we just got the most history. Like when I moved, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm with a bunch of people who I ain't got no like true history with. Like these niggas got history mm-hmm. and I don't have history. So, you know, I'm kicking it with my cousin. Yeah. Cause this my nigga. We got history. So that's it. Yeah. I think when I look back on like a lot of relationships that I've had, mainly when it comes to like friendships, it's like you can, in hindsight, a lot of times you can look and see what those friendships were for, right? Like they served a purpose. That purpose came to an end and your life went in a completely different direction, right? So it's like a lot of us are friends with people due to circumstance. And when those circumstances don't force us to be friends no more, shit just kind of fall where it may, right? Like, I mean, don't that suck, though? Like, don't you know that feeling where it's like you kind of realizing that, you know, we were friends of circumstance? But we was like close friends. But, you know, at the end of the day, maybe it was more circumstantial than like true. Like, you know, we really meshing on like that friendship level. But, it, you know, but just, do that mean that you didn't really mesh on that friendship level? Or did it mean that you meshed for that time and that, I guess, that that experience and that place that you was in in life? I mean, I don't know. So it, it to for me, it just has me questioning. It starts I, like I start really thinking about how our relationship was at a time where I felt like we was like really close. Because you know, I just feel like as children, you kind of be a little bit more superficial than you are when you get a little older. Like, you know, you be friends with a lot of niggas who you really weren't even like friends with. You know, and you and you know, you kind of just start misremembering how how things truly were. See, but see, that's my um, thing. Like, I remember being one of them kids that I always, I always tried to make it a point to be like, yo, it's niggas that I'm like cool with. And then I got like friends. <laughs> like, it's a, like, I can be with you every, like, I can be with you damn near every day. Like, we can be homies. Uh, I pick you up from school. I ride with you to school, whatever the case may be. But like, if, unless that I am, Unless I am saying like you, you are my friend. Like that's my nigga. Like we cool, bro. Because <laughs> I think you have circum like a lot of friendships, especially when you're younger. A lot of friendships are circumstantial, not only in like location, but what it is that you are doing at that time. Like I remember right. feeling, I remember feeling conflicted a whole lot, like as a kid, because I had like my neighborhood friends. It's like these is niggas who like live in my neighborhood. Like we from different walks of life from a social standpoint, right? Like just being in, let's say high school, like different levels of on the social totem pole. But when we in the neighborhood, like they're my niggas. Right. And hell, when we at school, I don't treat you like you're not my nigga, but it's kind of like the worlds the worlds don't intersect right Right. so like if you see if you see your neighborhood nigga and like you gonna treat him like you would any other time but from the outside looking in it may look like what the fuck is this and then like you player let's say when i was being an athlete so like all of my friends who were my teammates were my friends that were my teammates. All of my teammates were not my friends. But due to circumstance, these is the niggas that I was with. 
right. all the fucking time. We spending the most time to yeah, we spending the most time together. So like our the impact and influence that you have on the people around you and that that they have on you, it's like yeah, like shit. Everybody else was listening to the Drought Three, so shit, nigga. That's what they was playing in the locker room, nigga. That's what I. That's what niggas was listening to, right? But right. if my neighborhood friends were still listening to Lupe Fiasco, like that's what it was. Like right. we getting to it. Then you get to. For me, the big like the great divide was like going to college and seeing how when you, no matter how big or small the place where you come from is, right? Like most of the time you're not choosing your friends you're choosing the best available people that you have around you right like true that's just kind of what that's kind of how it go but when you get to college it's like nigga or hell even after like graduating high school like the summer before going to college like that was really when i seen like who was really my niggas and who was just niggas I went to school with, and we had we all like basketball and rap, like, right? Like this just, but it's crazy because to the point that she was making earlier is like, nigga, was that a real relationship? Like, did we really bond over anything, or was it just right. circumstantial? And I think from, I mean, I think it's kind of 50, 50, you know, it's like a lot of things are circumstantial. And I think you made a good point just about, you know, you just kind of gravitating to, you know, the best of what's around you, you know, especially when you're younger or just, you know, somebody who you can tolerate, you know, people who you can tolerate, you know, and they tolerate you, Yeah. you know, and then, and then you grow older, grow older and, you know, you can be a little bit more selective. But, you know, I still think, you know, even when niggas be in college, like niggas still be establishing relationships with niggas for, you know, not for the right reasons. I say that. Mm-mm. I mean, but I, I think that's really the last frontier. If you go to college, I think college is the last frontier because that's the last time you're going to be surrounded by your peers. Right. So I think a lot of times people people choose to make certain bonds. One, I think it's survival because, I mean, you and I both know, like, college college is different as it is from every other level of school. Like, socially, it's just a different version of it. <laughs> like, it's just, it's like the, the all Madden version. Uh, well, no, it's not even that. It may be like, what what's, what is it, all Madden and then Hall of Fame or... No, I think all the I think all Madden is the is the hardest one. Okay, I feel like Hall of Fame is more of a live thing. Oh, shit. I don't know, nigga. I don't play games. Clearly, <laughs> look, clearly, I don't play games. But whatever is the level so, down from the hardest is like the college social atmosphere, right? Because you have one, you got to navigate things like socially, as far as like you and your reputation, whatever the case may be. But then, if you don't stand for something other than yourself as well right don't be a part of an organization or you know you have a crew of people who you everybody just associates y'all with one another now that comes with a whole different set of you know unspoken unwritten roles and rules and responsibilities that shit to be honest when you at college like nigga you don't you don't even realize this shit you just kind of <laughs> abide by it like right 
and it's crazy because once you once you get out of that college atmosphere and you like in the workplace that's when you see it like you see everything for what it is Mm -hmm. and it's like nigga our whole life we've just been preparing to do the same shit (laughs) over and over again at different points and you know versions of ourselves right and it's like damn bro because when i think about that compared to like when you take in like sexual or love relationships into account like think about our grandparents right like i know the popular thing to say now is like you know i'm not my we not our grandparents like women say i'm not my grandmama you're not finna be cheating on me and doing all of this other stuff and I'm going to stick by. But it's like, when you really break down the psychology behind like how our grandparents saw love and relationships versus our parents versus like a conventional wisdom of now, like them three totally different experiences. True. And we just don't take it into account because we just assume like it's crazy how we get to a point in life and we uh, we act as if we've always been at that point. True. Like nigga, I shit, nigga, when I was a goddamn Niggas always forget. <laughs> they always forget. You know what I'm saying? And I love I actually love to just sit back and, you know, just see the growth, you know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, I don't even want to act like you know, where I am currently, like I always been like this. Like sometimes, you know, like you were just saying, niggas will get some clarification that they need and swear that like, you know, they just always been ahead of the game and, you know, not really remembering the times that, you know, they thought incorrectly or acted a way that they don't currently act or whatever. And you you can't tell them shit. Because once they achieve that level, it's like you get, you get branded as that. Like I know, like, what would you say, like, your, when you look at, let's just, let's take college, for instance, right? Because I knew you in college, you knew me in college. What would you say was your persona, I guess, in college? Like, what would people associate or think about you with? I mean... I don't really know, man. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what people think of me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm going to keep it 100. I mean, I guess it's like, you know, when I think about my progression through college, I mean, I kind of came into college with the, you know, can't nobody really tell me anything kind of mind and. I feel like I eventually moved to, I mean, I don't know. Like I just, I kind of release what, you know, I'm trying not to sound cliche here, but I mean, to be cliche, is just like, I, I realized at some point it really don't matter like what niggas think about me, you know what I'm saying? And I really just need to key in on who I am, like truly, and just express that a hundred percent and just never really be trying to, you know, fit into nothing that I'm, that I, where I don't fit in, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's like more so just like embracing, like, you know, this is kind of truly who I am. And like, I can't even front on it any other way. Yeah. 
you know, where in the beginning it's like you in this new surrounding and you really still trying to figure it out. See, I was still trying to figure it out, but I felt like I figured it out. But now that I'm older, I know now I was absolutely still figuring it out. And it's, <laughs> you know? ain't it wild how somebody will tell you that? Like they will tell you in that moment that like, yo, you don't have it figured it out and you bullshitting. But right. in your mind, you like, man, you got me fucked up. <laughs> nigga, like for real. Like, come on, nigga. I don't got it figured nigga, out. No, me? nigga, y'all tripping. Y'all doing this and All that. Right. And then five years down the road, you like, God damn, boy, that nigga there. What, what, what was I doing? <laughs> I was on some other shit. What did I, what was I doing? Why did I do that in that situation? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, but you know, you live and learn, man. I, just, I love it. I love even thinking about the progression. And I love being able to continue to progress and just try to stay like, you know, like always stay open, like never full, you know, always stay half full, like ready to accept more that could possibly even make me greater. Yeah. Cause you can, now you can at the very least recognize when you may be getting off that path. Like I know for me, I had very specific goal in mind when I came to college. So as I started achieving those goals fairly quickly, it was like, it, for me, it felt like it was high school all over again. So I got into my, you feel me? Like, I'm this, that, and the third bag. And you, even though you, even though you may be who you think you are, the fact that people know that you think you are this and you are, it's just going to come across a different way. So it's like, I know, I know how I came across. And a lot of times I came across like that on purpose because one, one, I had a hell of an ego. Two, I'm a dickhead by like nature. <laughs> so like it is what it is. And I always justify me being that way or acting that way because it was like, look, I'm an acquired taste. If you don't like it, you ain't gotta partake. I feel that <laughs> like, I feel having that feeling. <laughs> but at that same time, I can now look back and realize like where people who felt like I was cocky, arrogant, or like just all around like asshole, like I can see that. I can see why you would feel that way. I can see how I could come across that way because of where I was or where I felt like I was, right? But don't nothing humble you like getting out of your comfort zone and being shown like, hey, you can be on top of the world today and tomorrow. You cannot be shit just like any and everybody else. And it really make you, it make you think about this shit. Cause like I look at like relationships, like relationships now in like conventional wisdom from what we see on, let's say like social media. And it's like, I don't know if, I don't know if our grandparents or our parents would have been able to navigate this right now Mm -hmm. because it's completely different. Like when you think of like, cause you and I are both married, right? So you think about a marriage and shit, let's say 1992, right? You saw your significant other at night and in the morning, hopefully And then for the most part, like, you didn't have any interaction with that person until you got off. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. So for a, like until what? Maybe the mid 2000s. So let's say for like 15 years, that was the routine, right? Like kiss your wife on the way out, kiss her on the way in. Y'all spend y'all time together, eat, you know, have hanky panky time or read the Bible, whatever you do, go to sleep, repeat, right? Now, you know, 15 years in, now you had a capability to be in constant communication with one another, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, how many years have in one year, right, of constant communication, how many years have you all lived out compared to, let's say, our grandparents? And what that what that does to the relationship and, and how you how you communicate, the amount of communication you do, the amount of time you have for self or whatever the case may be is like. I know they get shitted on a whole lot, but a whole lot of them women whose husbands was cheating on them with the lady up the street, technology was so that she just assumed he was getting up, putting his hat on and going to work. <laughs> like at that time, it was like shit. He wake up, he go to work, come back. We do what we do. Like I'm assuming he's at work because that's what we're doing, right? Then you find out in that time, it's like, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to leave my husband? Or am I going to keep this family together? We're going to keep doing what we've been doing and we'll figure it out, right? That was a lot of their thought processes. And then, you know, the next generation comes in and is like, well, I'm not going to do that. Cool. But it's also like, it's like a never ending flip. And I think we don't realize that like my daughter's experience with with her love life is going to be almost the same, but completely different as ours. Because the love and I'm assuming the love and affection and attraction and all of that stuff is still going to be there, but how they do it. It's probably going to be some shit we can't even fathom right now. Because I guarantee you, my parents never thought that niggas was just going to be able to find their wife on the app. <laughs> like, a nigga, Hell like, no. like, and we look at it differently, but, like, try explaining to an a, a older person, like, let's say somebody north of 55, try explaining to them how you post pictures on a, on a website Somebody else posts pictures on the website. You just so happen to go to their page. You like their pictures. Proceeded to communicate with them. And then y'all end up getting married. They gonna be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, well, shit. Old niggas got their own uh, dating sites now. So some of them hip. Some of them you know are, yeah. And some, some of those who had to get hip are some of those same people from those relationships where he was putting his head on and going up the street, she found out she stayed with him for the kids. Once them kids got good and grown, she skedaddled the fuck on out of there and she didn't got, you know, a groove back and she may be living her best life then. So it's like, I think when we look at relationships just in general and how they progress and regress and change and die and flourish and grow, it's like, you know, Especially now, in this time where we're quarantined, everybody's at home. It's like it's easy for you to get in your bag and be like, "Well, I ain't heard from such and such this whole damn time. Like they ain't checked in or nothing." And you kind of got to catch yourself. Like, I mean, nigga, did you check on it? 
<laughs> like, I mean, it's definitely a different time, man. You know, it's different circumstances. I mean, would you uh, would you say that we're progressing in terms of our relationships and you know, family? Uh, what do I want to say? Like, you know, our family values. You know, do you think we're progressing or or regressing? Obviously, there's pros and cons to both. I think. I would I would say we're relatively stagnant. Okay. And that there are like to your point, there are certain areas in which we are progressing, but I think in other areas we are regressing. And I I think those two kind of cancel each other out. For all the good that's being done, I think there's bad out there currently that that I just I can't ignore that it is keeping everything in balance. What about you? Like, what are your thoughts? I mean, I'm kind of with you that, uh, there's like the offsets are pretty even, you know, but I mean, who is, who is it to blame? Is it the black man? Like, are we, are we the ones that's really, uh, you know, holding this, this black family thing, you know, down, like we're, like, we're not upholding it like we should, or is it a shared, uh, is it shared? I mean, I do think that we've fallen short, but it's like, I don't know, like everybody's flawed. But I do, I kind of think we're we're the, uh, we're carrying most of the baggage in what's weighing down the black family. I think we're carrying, I think we're carrying most of the, most of the baggage. But I, I also feel like it's a, it's just a, a change in time where you can't really you can't really control it right like you take mass incarceration and the you know prison pipeline complex right we know that almost unequivocally is the reason and rationale behind why you have so many black men in prison or in jail period right so that's a whole section of the population that, you know, they may have families, but they can't be there. Whether they are guilty or they not guilty, they can't be as a part of that family, right? So that's a knock on us, off wham. Then we are dealing with a sexual renaissance that I don't know if the world has ever seen. And if they have seen it, I don't think it would it was as aware of it as it is now. Like you have just about any sexual preference that you want out there, you can have. Mm-hmm. So it's like true. It's almost as if, you know, the what we deem as the traditional heterosexual relationship is like in some ways, like people get talked about for being that. Right, like, I mean, I mean, Nate, I mean, Nate, we're still the overall. I'm not saying that we're. I'm not saying we're the minority, right? What I'm saying is, like, we're not even close, though. Is what I'm trying to say. And I agree. What I'm saying is, there has never been a time where that was mocked, right? Where it was seen as like not the status quo. Whereas now, uh, 
I mean, I'm following you, but I don't know about that usage of status quo. But I'm following you. Well, I mean, it's the status. It is the status quo. <laughs> Period. Right. I, I guess what I'm saying is the opposition toward it hasn't been this strong. Now I agree with that. And so when you pair that with this unprecedented, you know, opportunity that we have now, it's like, I mean, you have to really be rooted in what you feel like you want to do in order for it to happen. Like people think that the black family is this one, just like unilateral thought process of man, woman, child right but the black family is so many different things yet we only look at it through the lens of man woman and child you mean we're not all the same nate i mean i'm just keeping it a bean <laughs> because I mean, we all have our own lives and and things that go on in our lives that have different perspectives about things oh, yeah yeah, man. Like it, it, which could change the construct of any family. Any family. And there's actually is no basic construct. And my voice is cracked. You, you see, your voice cracked because <laughs> you, you know, you speaking too much truth. Because I'm using inf- inf- inflection. <laughs> you, you, is that why you speaking too much truth right now? Damn. But that, that, that's the truth. See, that's the truth that inclus- inclusionists don't want to speak. Right. Because the, the popular narrative would be cis het black men are the reason why the black family is failing. Or on the other hand, gay black men are the reason the black family is failing. And it's like neither one of those things can be furthest from the truth because you can be gay and black still have a fucking family like it so it's like i think the the black the definition of the black family is what has to be changed but that only changes like we've been talking about this whole episode that only changes with the maturation inflows and outflows of us as a people Like, I think right now, if we're looking at it from like, like we were talking about earlier with like social media love and the technology love, if we're looking at it from that standpoint, the black family, we are still in like the baby boomers transitioning into like Generation X there. Like, I think maybe, maybe my daughter's generation will be when they get grown, that may be the generation that acknowledges black families as black families period but right now niggas not doing that but that's because niggas just want to niggas just want to uh point the blame somewhere and it's just right right now this moment it's trendy for it to be men now that's not saying that it's not true <laughs> i'm just saying it's a lot more trendy for to say that it's black men's fault than anything else mean but i mean i'm partially in agreement with that that it is our fault see but also i'm I'm kind of one of those people who hold us to a higher standard but, so what does that mean 
I mean, some may say that, you know, it's just, it's just, I expect us to lead. That's what I'm saying as men. Mm -hmm. But, you know, some may say that that's misogynist to think that our natural role in society is to lead. So I don't want to go down that. I don't want to go there. We should never go there. I mean, if you go there, it's going to be a lot of, you know, it's going to be a rough road. Why you want to go there? It's going to be a rough road. You're hearing rumors about black men. (laughs) I need like a Chris Brown drop or something. (laughs) I'm black. That's crazy. I, I I think that uh we are at a point where mass let me let me not say mass media, right? Let me say I think an agenda is being pushed for various reasons to glorify the glorify the thought of the toxic relationship right Mm -hmm. and i think that to me i think that is the biggest threat and culprit to you know the black family for let's say like our generation is some short like some slightly younger than us because that toxic relationship shit is fetish is fetishized Boy, I fucked that word up. Can you say the word? Nigga, no, I'm not even gonna try because I don't I don't know it. I don't know it for sure. So Fet- I'm not gonna try. Fetish sized. Y'all niggas know. Fetish sized. Yeah, boom. What Alex said. <laughs> I think the toxic relationship is that's what's being done to it. So you have people who seek out these experiences knowing that they may not necessarily be good for them you know, spiritually or emotionally or physically sometimes. But because of that fetish of the toxic toxic relationship and, you know, how it always leaves you wanting more or whatever the case may be, it's like, we, it's, it's sometimes things are fads, right? But I think it gets to a point where things sometimes become ingrained in social culture and those things become reality mm-hmm. where you see a like stark increase in women just voicing like women voicing an expectation that men are going to cheat right like an expectation that niggas are going to not be faithful in their relationships a a how do I word this? A a a strong push or endorsement of women being like completely fine with being like side chicks, right? Like, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, I I do see that thought and those ideas push, but I still find them to be the minority. Yeah, they st- they most definitely the minority. But even minorities, even minority experiences, if they reach a certain 
level of popularity, the tides can begin to change, right? They can. And sometimes, like, sometimes running jokes become running truth that we pass off as jokes. And I think social media culture has pushed that further than we've ever known it to be, right? Like, certain stories about artists and celebrities and, hell, sometimes just people who get who have money and they may, hell, it may be a damn influencer or something, right? Like, stories that under normal circumstances would shock and appall us at, like, damn, that's fucked up. Like, how could you do... Like, you remember when... Uh, Tristan Thompson cheated on Khloe Kardashian while she was pregnant, right? Like, yes. 20 years ago, that story is, like, wild. Like, that story is controlling everything. Not because of who they are, just because of the stark differences of, like, I guess the cultural values of that time, right? But when Tristan did that shit, it was like a free for th- free for all, bro. Like niggas was like, "Shit, nigga." I mean, nigga, did you see Jordan? I mean, nigga, <laughs> niggas, niggas was like, "Man, you know they said Chloe smelled like earring backs, dog." I don't like. And while that's funny, we joined in. Shit was hilarious, right? Because it was just a moment. Because we we didn't view it as like, I guess reality, but. Apparently that was like a very real experience. So this this nigga's trying to get back with her and trying to fix it or whatever. But it's like that running joke was a big part of the fetish, right? Then you take the Lori Harvey future shit that's going on. It's like things are becoming commonplace that historically were not commonplace. And I think when we bring them in under the guise of a joke or a fad or, you know, just something that's going on, they stick around longer than we think. And then they become a sort of reality. And it's just like what we were talking about. I want to say a couple months ago is like, if something is pushed enough, especially on social media, because while social media doesn't represent the majority of people, it has influence on a lot of people. So it's like if something is pushed enough on social media, niggas will accept it as truth. And once niggas accept it as truth, that's niggas change the way in which they live their life based on this new truth. Like when niggas was like, shit, so you mean to tell me bitches expect niggas to cheat? It was niggas out there cheating the next day. <laughs> like niggas was like, oh, so y'all expected this. And it's like, you know, it's not my place to tell you whether that's right or wrong. I'm just saying when things are pushed and you can tell that it's like, okay, this it's a it's, it's a damn push towards this shit. Or groupthink sets in. So it's a a large group of people thinking similar because this one thing happened. That's how you change shit, man. And I don't think niggas I think niggas downplay it because we look at it as, okay, it's just social media. But we at a point now where social media 10 years in the game and it's completely changed the way we live our lives. So at some point we got to... I don't know, man. You don't don't think social media has changed the way we live our lives? 
I don't know if it's changed relationships other than the fact of, you know, it playing a factor in like, you know, like niggas be caring about like what their significant others doing on social media. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, I still think that women do not want to be cheated on. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's like we make the jokes, but I still think in the grand scheme, um, you know, it's it's relatively that they have the same expectation. You know, it's not I don't I don't agree that it's their expectation that they'll get cheated on. Now, it is a thing where it's like, you know, every nigga cheat. You know what I'm saying? And I, but that's been a thing from the beginning of time. I don't think that's any type of new concept. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, niggas cheat. I mean, it's just what niggas do. But, people. Um, and women. People, too. that's what women. people do. Men and women. Men and women. No, I'm sorry. Everybody. Let me let me clarify. Everybody on the spectrum. Um. So, you know. Some some people are okay with that. You know, I think the idea of open relationships is becoming a little bit more common. But, you know, maybe it's just, you know, it's it's always hard to determine what's becoming more common or just what's more in my face. Like, it could have always been as common, but now there's a platform for people to express that they are open to it. You know, so. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think we're good. I don't I don't think uh, like this culture of toxic t- toxic toxicity 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 i think that last one was it i don't think that culture uh is spreading as rampant as uh maybe you've advised gotcha i think it's just a funny i think it's just a funny thing on social media that's just that's just me i mean you know i'm not gonna argue with your opinion i i i feel it I know you're I not. Feel, I know you're not. I feel where you're coming from. I think you have very valid, you know, I know points I on your end. But I know niggas is niggas niggas got bitches twerking on uh, IG live, you know, pouring milk on their ass. I, I don't know what we. I mean, hoes. I, mean, I don't know what hoes gonna be hoes. So I couldn't blame Tammy, man. I don't. I mean, Wayne told us, you know, a hoe gonna be a hoe. I mean, I don't. How, are they hoes because they twerk on Instagram live with milk or see I mean you know this is this I mean, is why she Amber, portraying, this she is portraying. why Amber uh, this is why Amber March man <laughs> alright man shout out to Amber man <laughs> this is why you know, Amber marched see but what she said was I am a hoe but I don't care so she did acknowledge you know by y'all standards I am that but I mean, I'm just not gonna let that word hurt me no more. This, so if I want to call the young lady who twerking with milk a hoe, then I'm, you know she should embrace the it. The sexual liberation of women is not something that I think you know we should we should infringe upon, Alex. That woman is no, a, I mean, she's, women. She, women can do what they want to do. Yeah. So she she they, she, she, also, she wasn't a hoe. She liberated. was just a young woman who you know decided to twerk on Instagram Live. You know. No, she's a she's a sexually liberated woman, aka. Oh no, Alex! I don't think that's I mean, how that's, that works. <laughs> like I don't. I think I think I think maybe the word "hoe" is just you know derogatory. Like it's not. It's not that it's not true. It's just derogatory. Or or it could be both untrue and derogatory. I don't know about the untrue part. I don't know about that. I mean, if you walk like a hoe, you talk like a hoe. You still a human being at the end of the day. Use a hoe. And you gotta ask yourself, what does 
you also got to ask yourself what what defines a hoe. <laughs> I mean, you're not a hoe for shaking your ass and pouring milk on you. You're not a hoe for that. You know, I only consider being a true hoe like uh, you know when you really sexually involved with a lot of people in a short period of time. I mean, does that does that make you a hoe? Because I see I mean, on the timeline I mean, where this girl says she got a hundred plus bodies, she done been trained ten times, and niggas is still trying to wipe her, and she married. Okay, okay, and they trying to wipe a hoe. And- <laughs> Her husband, her husband is married to her, but I mean, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm just saying, you know, it depends on you on how you want to treat that. If you want to treat that, like, I don't care, then that's fine. Like, I don't judge you, you know, but it is what it is. I mean, it's like, you know, it is what it is. They said I'm black man. So I'm black. I mean, no matter what I do, I'm black. It's who I am. And if you just a hoe, you a hoe. It's just who you are. I mean, you a hoe, man. Spoken reason niggas can going be out too. bad, dog. Okay, this is the last thing I want to touch on. This spoken reason shit. What's going on with this? Like, first of all, this is what I got to say. For anybody who not up to date, spoken reasons was on Wild and Out. Uh, niggas did the Wild style and Emmanuel Hudson, right? Emmanuel Hudson went in on this nigga and pretty much said that, you know, he didn't get paid for they. Uh, asking all them questions video. Mm-hmm. Um, see, but I feel like I feel like they said spoken reasons up though, low key. It's like I feel like they brought him up there just to humiliate this nigga. But maybe that's just me, because this nigga even relevant anymore. He, Why he on wilding out anyway? He not. I think they did it to create a moment, but like for real. So I think that's fucked up. But, you know, if the story is true, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, I heard that uh, Nick Cannon sent them goons out to Spoken Reasons. Is that true, man? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I heard he sent them Lincoln Park Bloods. I also found out something I didn't know, that his father was apparently the co-founder of the this particular group of Bloods. Nick Cannon? Nick Cannon. I told you Nick Cannon was... A gang member, you told me. and you was like, "Nigga, don't you might, you might have told me, you might have told you me." Realize on this podcast, no, I said, I, no, he not, a, he not a gang member though. I don't believe he's a gang member. I think he affiliated. No, he was, and he got. I, out. I think he affiliated. Nigga, I've heard him tell the story several then times. He, if he, if he, if he got out, then he not. He's not anymore. Yes, he, he, he. When he talks about it, he says he was a former member, but he, he got when out. He get out though. Twelve. No, right he, before Nick, he got he got out right before <laughs> he got out right before he signed with uh, Will Smith. Yeah, and when, and when was that? Alex, look, I don't know timelines, dog. Look, I can man, link look, you. man. Know your shit. Know your shit. <laughs> Do you want me you to? Know, link I got. I got. I got a question. You. I got a question. You. <laughs> Do you want me you to? You already link told you? me that Tory Lanez had over three million <laughs> on his uh, IG. I already looked that up. It was three hundred thousand. But <laughs> zeros be running so I can't together, believe this nigga. <laughs> it said three million. I said no way. <laughs> <laughs> Those zeros be running together, Chief. I, you know, I. <laughs> then I said I can't be believing you, and you be like, no, y'all didn't just ran off with that. <laughs> no, nigga, that's the truth. 
Nah, nobody ran. Nah, up. y'all have made that a popular narrative. <laughs> like a nigga, a nigga freestyle like three, four facts, like on three or four different Bruh, occasions. You literally just did it again. Like I, we literally caught you the same episode. <laughs> you literally just did it. No, bro, I got, nah, I yes, got the receipts yes. for that. I'm gonna send you the interview, and you better listen to all of it so that you can get this shit. You right. know I will, and you know I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. Unlike you, yeah, yes, you are. No, I always admit. I'll be like, damn, you know what? You're right. And we move on. But Spoken Reason's going out bad, though. Yeah, he's going out sad. Um, And I'm with you. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. But it seemed like they played him to me. A girl just came out on the timeline and said that she was in his, uh, I guess, like, what is it? Little Booties Matter or Regular Booties Matter video. It was supposed to, like, be his reintroduction back to, uh, back to, like, media. And uh, yeah, he apparently ran off on her with the memory card and shit and then proceeded to not give her any credit. And then I I guess when the video did whatever it did, like she ain't getting under her cut or nothing. And I mean, if you listen to... Tough game, man. Even though Spoken Reasons is going out really, really bad right now, if you listen to what he was saying, like in his little live, I don't necessarily, I don't think he is wrong from the standpoint of them niggas wanting friends, but he definitely was wrong from the standpoint of like business. Cause that she ratchet shit, I didn't even remember that was a spoken reasons video. I really don't. I mean, I didn't. <clears throat> you forget. So, I forgot who the nigga did it with. It was like, I remember Emmanuel Hudson and that being him. So it was like, shit. So when this whole shit first happened, I was like, damn, I ain't even. When the when the link first hit the timeline and niggas was like, Emmanuel Hudson had that smoke for spoken reasons. I was like, these niggas was beating. Yeah, I know they. I never knew they had any type of uh, beef. And then, but nor would I have cared. No, yeah, we. It definitely would not have been something that I would have just been talking about. But then, when he bodied him, like in the wild style battle, like that, I was like, "Oh, this nigga's talking spicy." Like he, and he. I mean, he had them bars ready, and he really looked like he was like one hundred percent serious in everything he was saying. Like. He would have bitch slapped that nigga on stage if given the <laughs> opportunity. Like if he if he didn't sign some paperwork backstage, like because the nigga had a look in his eye. Like you, to me, when you watch Wild and Out and you know it's some people with some animosity or some shit on the stage, like you can look in these niggas' eyes and you can tell like that that nigga was serious. Like when Nick had the little spat with uh, uh, Carlos Miller. Mm-hmm. Like Carlos was bodying this nigga in the wild style. Nick was just playing it off. I was like, nah, nigga. I know a country nigga. <laughs> when, I know a country nigga when they didn't got serious, nigga. Carlos was dead to fuck. <laughs> he was he was dead to fuck serious on that. So yeah, I feel you. But uh, yeah, spoken reasons going outside, man. Pray for spoken reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, hey, hold your head, spoke man. You know I got you. Hold your head. You know Bottom saying? bitch theory still top three YouTube videos. For all <laughs> you know, then <laughs> play plenty of this this nigga videos. <laughs> like, so hold your head, man. Hold your head, bro. I hate how don't you hate how the idols become your rivals? 
<laughs> Shit, you know, live long enough to see yourself become a villain, man. Went from the favorite to the most hated, man. It's, it's rough out here. That's how it be, man. That is how it be. You ready to get out of here, man? Yeah, let's get out of here, man. It's been another edition of Quarantine Files. Quarantine, um, quarantine. You know, shout out to everybody who under quarantine, man. Hold your head. Trump finna have us back outside in no time. And we back. Y'all go ahead and go outside. I'm gonna be at the crib, um, but I may go to Best Buy. You know what I'm saying? Give me a charger or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, man, um, hold your head. Stay safe out here, man. Wash your hands. Uh, continue to cover your mouth, man. And uh, overall, just just try to stay healthy, man. Prayers up for Chattanooga, man. Uh, recently hit by some tornadoes, um, you know, a lot of damage. So, um, you know, for all my Tennessee people, man, keep Chattanooga in your prayers. But we doing we still going strong, man. Um, yeah. And on that note, uh, it's your boy AC. And your boy Nate B. I got one last thing for y'all. You be all right, nigga. You tough, right? Uh, thank you, but I got shot in the head, baby. <laughs> I'm I'm breathing different, my body different. Duh. A nigga on Twitter said, "Canada, Canada says, do not rush back to go outside. We will help you pay your bills monthly until it is safe." <laughs> the United States, you be all right, nigga. <laughs> the U.S. told us, "You niggas will be all For right. Real. You tough, right?" Niggas get sick every day. Niggas die every day. No, we won't be all right. We won't be all right, but, you know, it's all good, man. After five, we still going to be going strong, even when shit get too tough. You know what I'm saying? You still going to get new after five. You feel me? Quarantine. It's your boy AC, man. And your boy Nate B. Peace. Holler. 51.9.